Hey folks, and welcome to Dads Read Princess Stories, the podcast where dads from all walks of life read stories about princesses from all around the world. This is Bell coming at you from behind the mic, and normally you'd be hearing my voice on the Thirst World Problems podcast, but today... I'm guest hosting this week's episode of Dad's Read Princess Stories. If you don't already know, this season of Dad Reads Princess Stories is all about the Cinderella tale. But wait, there's more than one Cinderella tale you're asking yourself out loud here. Number one, if you're doing this out loud, people are going to look at you like you're crazy. And number two... They're clearly too close to you if they can actually hear you mumbling that under your breath, especially since you're going to be wearing a mask to protect yourself because you, like all other sensible people, know that after more than three quarters of a million people have died worldwide, that this COVID virus is a serious thing. So you're going to make sure that you're spacing yourself out, keeping six feet apart, you're wearing your mask, and you're doing everything you can to help stop the spread of COVID. But now that you're in the safe space and you're listening to this podcast, we can tell you that Cinderella tales have been around since 850 AD in China, and there are over 400 written versions to date. So this season, you'll be hearing dads from all different backgrounds reading various versions of this Cinderella tale. Now, each dad reads in their own voice. Sometimes the dads will do silly cartoon voices, something along the lines of this one. Sometimes they might do something serious and really hammer home the point and the consequences that are happening in the story. Maybe they do sound effects, or read, whisper quiet, just to impose that extra bit of foreshadowing, just to make it a little bit more spooky. Sometimes they might decide to do little asides, commenting on jokes about the story being read. One time, me and my friend went into a probably a little bit funnier than that though at the end of each tale every dad will give you what they think is the moral of the story this moral can be funny or serious it can be what they think the moral is from when it was written or how it connects to today it changes with every dad and every tale giving a very unique and personal reading of the cinderella tale so now you're wondering what are you going to be hearing today what's the story that's going to come up Well, I'm glad you asked. Today we bring to you the Scottish Cinderella tale, Kate Crackernuts. Now let's pause it right here, because on our podcast, Thirst World Problems, we talk about cocktails and current events. We get into a whole bunch of other fun things too, and we have a lot of fun each episode. But more importantly, we always give you a nice cocktail to have while you're enjoying the episode of Thirst World Problem. So today, we want to share a cocktail with you that has a little bit of a Scottish background to it. So the cocktail we suggest making today is going to be the Godfather. So the Godfather is an easy way to ease yourself into enjoying a nice glass of scotch. Since we're having a Scottish story, you're going to want to have yourself a nice Scottish drink. So you're going to have two parts scotch. You're going to have one part amaretto, and that's it, and that's all. You're going to sit back, and you're going to sip on that. And if you're not of age, because that's a drink only for adults, what you're going to want to do is make yourself a nice mocktail version of that where you're going to have two parts ginger ale, one part grenadine. 
Either way, we're going to leave a link in our bio on how you can make this delicious cocktail. And while you're whipping yourself up a drink, we'll tell you a little bit more about the origin of Kate Cracker Nuts and our dad of the week. Kate Cracker Nuts, sometimes Katie Cracker Nuts, is a Scottish fairy tale collected by Andrew Lang in the Orkney Islands and published in Longman's Magazine in 1889. 1889. Joseph Jacobs edited and republished the tale in his English Fairy Tales in 1890. The tale is about a princess who rescues her beautiful sister from an evil enchantment and a prince from a wasting sickness caused by dancing nightly with the fairies. The tale has been adapted to a children's novel and a stage play. Reading Kate Crackernuts is Jacob Craig. Jacob is a stand-up comedian, a podcaster, and a future English teacher from the humble town of Van Cleve, Mississippi. He is the father of a 10-month-old daughter named Lana, with whom he shares a lot of interests, such as naps, tearing stuff up, and the Puppy Dog Pals theme song. You can follow Jacob on Twitter at Jacob Craig, and you can listen to his podcast, Open Micers, at Open Micers Podcast on all platforms and wherever podcasts are given away for free. All right. Now that you know a little bit of the background of the story, you know about our reader, Jacob, and you've got your drink ready. It's time to sit back, take a sip and enjoy the tale of Kate Cracker Nuts, read by Jacob Craig. Once upon a time, in the Orkney Islands off of Scotland, there lived a king and queen. The king had a daughter named Anne, and the noblewoman he married had a daughter named Kate. The two girls grew to love each other dearly. Not so dear was the jealousy which this queen showed over her stepdaughter's affection. As the years passed and Anne's beauty increased, the stepmother decided to tip fate's hand toward her daughter. Else she was sure that the best husband would go to Anne, with only leavings for Kate to choose from. One day, the queen spied the hen wife and went to seek her counsel. This one was known for her magic potions and spells. The hen wife listened to the queen and said, Send the lassie to me early in the morn, but be sure tis before she's had a food or drink. So the next morning, the queen called for Anne and told her to run along to the henwife to bring back fresh eggs for breakfast. She scolded her to go quickly, stopping for no reason. Anne took a basket and a bit of bread to eat on the way and went to the henwife. And there she told the old wife that she wanted fresh eggs. That one said to her, Now, lift the lid of the pot and tell me what you'll see. Anne did so and saw nothing but steam. When the old woman heard that, she said, Go home to the queen and tell her to keep her larder better locked. This the girl did, and the next day, the queen sent her for fresh eggs once more, and saw her out the door empty-handed herself. But on the way, Anne saw some country folk picking peas by the roadside, and, be and being a friendly lass, she stopped to talk with them. They offered her a handful of fresh peas, and these she took to eat on the way. When she got to the henwife's cottage, the old one told her to look under the lid of the pot again. Once more she saw naught but steam, and when she said so, the henwife replied, Tell the queen the pot won't boil if the fire's away. On the morning of the third day, the queen herself escorted her stepdaughter to the henwife's and bade the girl ask for fresh eggs. 
This time, when Anne lifted the lid off the pot to peer inside, her bonny head was suddenly turned into a sheep's head. Now the queen, it was true, had wanted Anne to become uglier than Kate, yet even she had not bargained for a woolly head adorned with curling horns. She took the girl home and Kate declared her guilty of cruelty toward her sister. Then the two girls wrapped themselves in cloaks, Anne with a fine linen kerchief about her face, and went away to seek their fortunes. They walked on and on, over a mountain and down the other side, till at last they came to a castle. Here Kate rapped upon the door and begged lodgings for herself and her sick sister. The two were fed and given a room, but they were not long in the castle before Kate saw something was amiss. Such lamenting and grieving among the castle folk. Inquiring as to the reason, she was told that the young son of the master of the house had a mysterious disease, which had left him exhausted and unable to rouse and speak. The king was fair beside himself with worry, and he had offered a peck of gold to anyone who could restore the prince to health. But the curious thing, the castle folk told Kate, was that anyone who sat up all night with the prince was never seen again. Kate and Anne discussed the matter privately and concluded that, for the reward of a peck of gold, they would endeavor to cure the prince, who was surely enchanted. I mean, has to be, like that's the only explanation. Not, you know, smallpox or anything. So Kate arranged to spend the night in the prince's chamber. She sat in silence, watching the handsome young man as he slept, and felt a great sorrow that one so young should wither before full bloom. The night deepened, and, just as Kate was beginning to wonder whether the mystery would reveal itself to her, the clock began to strike the midnight hour. Suddenly, up rose the sick prince from his bed, dressed himself, and went down the stairs. His eyes were open, but he did not notice Kate. He is not a very observant young man. He seemed like one sleeping or entranced. That explains it. The last tiptoed after him, and when he went to the stable for his horse, she nimbly jumped up behind the saddle. Well, I hope he knows she's there now. Away rode the prince and Kate through the greenwood. The moon shone faintly through the trees, and Kate saw the branches on either side of them were heavy with hazelnuts. She plucked the nuts as she passed, filling her pockets with them. They rode on and, at length, came to a grass-covered mound. Here the prince stopped and called out, Open! Open, Green Hill, and let the young prince in! And the lady behind! added Kate. Now they passed through a long tunnel, emerging into a ballroom that glowed with light. But candles there were none. It was lit, it was light given off by all the fairy hosts gathered there. These fairies were beautiful, arrogant creatures who cared only for their own pleasure. That's uh, a very dangerous place for a young prince. All night long, the prince was kept dancing, handed from fairy woman to woman. When he gasped for breath, the fairy woman would fan him for a few minutes and bring him right back into the dance. When the cock crowed for the dawn, very poor choice of words, the fairies released the prince, and Kate rode home with to his castle. There he stumbled into bed, and she sat down to crack nuts by the fire. I guess that's where she gets her namesake. So when the attendants came in the morning, they found the prince abed as usual, his face drawn in exhaustion. 
As for Kate, she told them nothing of the evening with the fairies, but went straight back to her sister Anne. The two agreed that the tired prince was under enchantment, and discussed how they might free him. Anne felt that it was too dangerous for Kate to follow again, but they knew no other way. And this night, when Kate rod behind the prince, she hid among the draperies, and so overheard the fairy's conversation. It seemed that if they could keep the prince with them for just one more night, he could never be freed from their power. What was more, she overheard two small children squabbling over a rowan stick. Then someone said, No matter, tis only a charm against sheep's head spells. So Kate snatched it when the Baron's backs were turned, and when she was safe in the castle again, touched Anne's head three times with the rowan crook. The horrid sheep's head disappeared, and there was Anne looking very relieved. That night, when Kate rode with the prince, she filled her pockets with hazelnuts again. Kleptomaniac, anyone. And while she watched the prince dancing madly, she heard one fairy say to another, as a pretty bird lighted in front of them, The prince doesn't know that to eat of the bird would break our spell. So Kate learned of their secret, and, when the fairies had moved on, used her nuts to lure the bird to her. Sometimes crime pays. Quick as a wink, she popped it into a little willow basket. At dawn, she and the prince rode home again. There Kate took out the strange bird, plucked the feathers, and cooked the bird over the fire. That was fast. When its smell filled the room, the prince began to rouse. He whispered, Oh, I wish I had a bite of that bird. Kate gave him a bite, and then he sat up in bed and asked for a second bite. When he had swallowed that, he said, If I had but a third bite of that bird... Okay, well, it's getting a little ridiculous. Like, we get it. You're rich. You like quail. So Kate gave him a third bite, and he stood up hale and strong. That's when he dressed in his riding clothes and went out to see the castle folk. A great cheering went up in the hall, and the prince came back and sat by the fire with Kate, roasting nuts in the embers and cracking the shells. And then, great was the feasting and celebration of the young prince's recovery. The feasting and the drinking and the merry-making went on for seven weeks. Don't ask me what merry-making is. And they say that all who were there lived happy and died happy and never drank out of a dry cappy. How Dr. Seussian. So the moral of the story, of course, is... Always fill your pockets when ha with hazelnuts whenever it's possible. Well, good night. That was Jacob Craig reading the Scottish fairy tale, Kate Crackernuts. Remember to follow him on Twitter and check out his podcast, Open Micers, wherever you download your podcasts. My name is Bell Alexander, and it's been a pleasure guest hosting Dad's Read Princess Stories. You can follow this podcast on all Twitter, Facebook, and Instagrams at Dad's Read Princess Stories. 
And of course, it's going to come as no surprise that I'm going to recommend that you check out the Thirst World Problems podcast as well. That's the podcast I normally host, and you can find that on IG at Thirst World Problems, on Twitter at Thirst World Pod, and of course, you can visit our website at www.thirstworldproblems.ca, and we've got a whole bunch of drink recipes on there. We've got some opinions on there, and we've got the easiest way for you to download and subscribe to our podcast. Not only will we be breaking down the NBA playoffs and giving you great cocktail suggestions, but we're also going to do one of our signature segments called Friction, where we put each other in hysterical, hypothetical situations that test our moral fiber. So you're definitely going to want to check that out to have yourself a good laugh. But more importantly, make sure you come back next week and check out Dad's Read Princess Stories. Until then, thanks for listening and stay safe.